Now entering Nerdist.com. True it with a guy named Kevin. True it and this other guy Steve. True it from the TV and the movies, and now this podcast stream. True it, they're gonna get chewy. True it, they might even get me. True it, but they're gonna get funky on this podcast thing. Yeah, you chewing something good? I am. What do you got? July 20th, I'm popping off a hot dog with mustard, ketchup, sauerkraut, oh, relish. That's in your dreams, bro. Mm. That's in your dreams right there. Yeah. It's more like you're eating salad. No, you know what, though? I, I went and uh, I've been eating a lot of chopped salad. I did break from my diet, my Super Troopers 2 diet the other day. Uh, my son and I went and saw Finding Dory Oh, the theater. Did he make it through the whole movie? He made it through the whole movie. All right. You know what? He made it through the whole movie. Uh. And then we got in the car. Like We, we got out of there. He said, I want to go home. I said, yeah. you sure you don't want to, you know, we're going to go get ice cream. He said, I want to go home, Dad. Yeah. And then we got in the car, and, like, I'd see it, he had tears in his eyes. I was like, are you oh. okay, buddy? Oh. And he was like, I'm sad. And I was like, why are you sad? He's like, because Dory didn't have her, her parents. And I was like, oh, oh buddy, oh, buddy. No. I was oh, like, come no. here, come here. I was oh, like, no. you're a good person. Right. And I was like, you're a better right. person than you are. I was like, it's a sad movie. It's a sad movie, but she got reunited with her parents. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Spoiler so alert. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God, you'll hate I Finding Dory. You will fucking hate Finding Dory. I'm talking about those kind of movies. You'll hate it. I don't think I'll have to, I don't think I'll have to hit it, though, because my kids are now at this age where, like, we're going to see, like, Ghostbusters, and we're going to see... Like, we can see those PG-13 movies now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Any superhero movie, I'll see. It's a little... Um, these I'm Finding Dory, it's a kid's movie. It's so emotional. And it's, Is it? it's dealing with a tough topic. It's a sure. short-term memory loss. She's got... This one, this character has a problem. Okay. And they okay. don't stop dealing with it because she's got to deal with it. Okay. And it's like they do flashbacks when she was a kid. And, and she's like, what's wrong with me? And like, why do... And it's oh. my... Fa-. And you're like... Dude, I don't like maybe any of that. too much emotion. Okay, I don't like any of that. What did you chew? Uh, baby carrots. Oh boy, you're. I mean, you're <laughs> in the thick of the diet now, huh? Do you know the baby carrots? They don't. They don't grow them like that, right? It's like carrot mulch, and they form it into a baby carrot. So there's no such thing as a baby carrot. There is no such thing as a baby carrot. It's a hot dog. It's essentially a hot it's dog. It's a vegetable yeah, hot they, dog. They mash up carrot and then they form it. Is it like the, the nostril of the carrot of the and the carrot. anus of the carrot and the hoof uh, of the uh, carrot? Probably. It's probably, yeah. Oh, man. Stay away from baby carrots, people. Yeah. You heard it here first. It's got the hoof of the carrot in it. Chewing it. Yeah. <laughs> God. I mean, uh, but it's still carrot. I mean, right? It's just carrot mushed together from another source. Yeah. I like baby carrots. But I don't know. It, I, I read that, but it seems like the carrot has a, the baby carrot has a, has a core to it, you know. There's like a. It's living. It's soul. I don't know. Is it? Uh, it like you dip it in a sauce, like a tofu, like a what is no, it? No, hummus, hummus, no hummus. Sauce. No sauce. Not even hummus sauce. No, no, no sauce. You go. You won't even go a hummus. No, it's not good for you, man. Hummus is not good for you. I mean, it's fine for you, but it's not as good as not having hummus. What are all those tree huggers doing eating hummus if it's not good? No, for no, you? hummus is okay, but as I'm saying, it's like, you know. It's better to eat the salad without the salad dressing. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's hard to <laughs> diet when you have children. Oh, it's terrible. Like, forget the bad influence that my wife is on me, like the glass of wine at yeah. dinner, you know, like the dessert, like she midnight snack popcorn, we're watching TV or something like that. Right. Forget that stuff. Right. Like, the ki- like, like my older son, he won't come swimming in the pool. I entice him out to the pool with... Right. with like, nacho, with Food. Tostitos right. and salsa. Right. And he calls it chips and sauce. Right. They come and have it. Yeah, I'm, my kids are now at the age though where they're like the fucking diet police for me. 
Like it's not. It's not. It's the other way around. Like uh, like the other day, uh, uh, my wife had gotten some cupcakes or whatever for dessert, and Jesus so uh, Christ. So uh, uh, my son only ate half the cupcake. He's like, okay. I'm done. And so I reached for the other half, and they're all like, no. Good. And my wife was in the other room, and I'm like, it's just a, a half a cupcake. What's the big deal? Good. And they were like, mom, mom, <laughs> dad's trying to eat the rest of the cupcake. I love that. And I was like, no, don't eat that cupcake. I love that. And they're like, dad, no, no. See, I need that. Yeah, I need it Because if my wife tells it to me, I'll be like, you know what, honey? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Quit marshalling me. You see, the, you told me you told me you want to help if you diet. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but just shut up. <laughs> but if, I would like if the kids were doing that, you can't tell them. But you'd be like, all I'll right. I'll give you a fucking diet. I'll cut you. Yeah. How's that? It's called you the death some diet. You like the death diet? Blood's heavy, yo. Yeah. You're going to look real skinny when you... When Got you no blood in you. Decrepit and deteriorating six feet under... Let's uh, talk about our shows. We got shows coming up. Yep. September. We're taking a little break because we're in pre-production on a movie. Yeah, that we just are not allowed <laughs> to announce yet. But don't worry. But we are shooting it. Uh, and uh, will come. And we're and, growing our mustaches. Everybody knows. Yeah. We're growing some mustaches. But happily, we will be on the East Coast shooting when we are doing our next shows, which are in September. September 9th, Friday night, we'll be at Foxwoods Theater in Connecticut, my home state. I bet there'll be some Heffernans in the crowd. There better be. And uh, let's just hope it's not only Heffernans. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you crew. <laughs> we'll see you there, right? Uh, the next night, September 10th, Saturday night, we'll be in Boston at the Wilbur Theater. That's one of our favorite places. We've been there a bunch yeah. of times. But we're, you know. What a great place. We are, whatever movie we may be shooting with our mustaches, um, we will be about an hour away. I mean, literally, you and I yeah. are going to be scheduled around. We're going to stop shooting. We're going to get into a car and drive to both of these venues. Yep. Do a meet and greet first. We're gonna yeah. Do, or we're, we're meet and greet. Some kind of show thing. Yeah. yeah we're going to do greet. a show. We'll take some pictures and stuff. And then, then, we'll get, gonna, then we'll zip back to the set, bro. We'll Keep back. shooting comedy. Keep shooting. We, uh, yeah. So that's going to be exciting. We are assembling, People just come so you out. know, in this film that we're talking about, uh, we're assembling a really exciting cast. Yeah. Um, I mean, but if, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll have some stories from the set, too, if you come out to the live shows, because yeah. we'll be in the thick of it. Yep. September 9th and 10th, Foxwoods and Wilbur Theater. Go to heffernandlemmy.com, and there are links for tickets there. Um, okay. We got some other business, Lemmy. Yeah. There's a guy out there named Mac Weldon. Love this guy. He makes all kinds of interesting things like underwear, socks, T-shirts, hoodies, sweatpants. Perhaps you've heard of him. I know I have heard of them. I own some of those things. I have my Mac Weldon underwear on right now as we speak. Do you think it ruse the day that Mac Weldon uh, <laughs> decided to create underwear? While the underwear sits, is not happy to be on me? Well, it sits underneath your ass. Uh, I would not wish that on someone, but I tell you what, it's pretty comfy. No, but like right now, like there's a pair of, like Brad Pitt is wearing a pair of Mac Weldon. Right. And they're like, oh yeah, this yeah. is good like stuff. Like Ryan Gosling, he's like, dudes, right. I don't mean, a, a hum, hashtag humble brag, I'm on Ryan Gosling's uh, <laughs> right. ass right now. But Ryan Gosling is not wearing the XLs, right? He's wearing the L's. You know what I mean? Yeah, but do, do you if you're an XL, who would you rather be on? Sure, but do you think like the the XL is born like if you're born a medium or a large, 
you're like, yeah, I was born a medium. Like you're a, you're a jerk, <laughs> right? The XLs probably have a little insecurity anyway coming into that. Like, yeah, we're just XLs. People, you know, I don't think they have insecurity. We're the at big all. guys. We're the big we're the heavyweights, bro. We're the big undies. Who watches the undercard? Right, you got to watch the heavyweight. Bout, yeah, but bro. this is what I'm talking about. It's mm-hmm. a nice to be a heavyweight boxer. Yeah. But it's not nice to be a pair of boxers for a heavyweight. <laughs> Holy <laughs> oh, shit. wow. Holy shit. That's, that's, that's dope dude. what you just said. Dude. I mean, let me tell you something. I should drop the mic. You should. You should. Should we end the podcast right now? Yeah. Well, I got to finish the Mac Weldon thing. Hold okay, on a okay, second. Okay, go. Uh, Mac Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabric, simple shopping. Your Mac Weldon stuff will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirt, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants you ever wear. And you know, it's true. I'll tell you this. I got uh, some of those Mac Weldon boxers and. Uh, they have like a fabric that like has a stretch to it. Mm. Not like not, I'm not talking about like bicycle shorts. I'm talking about boxers, like cotton boxers, but they have a little give to them. Um, okay, so they also have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial. Microbial? What's the right word? How do you say that? Microbial. You know what that means? No germs? No odor. Yes, no germs meaning no odors. Yeah. You wear that shit forever, bro. Oh, that's good for you. <laughs> that's good. It's, for you. it's looking up for me. Maybe you're. Maybe those boxers aren't so mad to be on you. They they view it as a challenge. They're like, it's like it's like you know, like the heavyweight boxers. Are like, go on, come on, hit me, hit me, hit me. That's all you got. Right. Give me a best stink. That's what Mac Weldon boxes are like. I know. Come on, fart, fart on me. They want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they will still refund you. No questions asked. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off with the promo code CHEWIN, C-H-E-W-I-N. So go to MacWeldon.com, 20% off, put in the promo code, C-H-E-W-I-N. Get your underwear, get your socks, get your shirt, get your underpants, get your sweatpants. It's good stuff. Okay, love let's it. move on. Let's move on. I love it because my character in Super Troopers is Mac. That's true, but it's McIntyre Womack. McIntyre Womack. It's Mac Mac. But sometimes, you know, if I'm doing a little metal work in my garage, I got to weld. It's, that's Mac Weldon right there. Okay. Mac Come on. Is Weldon. Got Dude, it. I'm full of them. I'm still You I'm got still beans and they're full of them. Boxers uh, thing. <clears throat> okay, so here's what we did. Um, we haven't done it in like four or five months. Um, questions from the Chew Crew. Always good to answer the questions from the Chew Crew. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times when we get out and we see the Chew Crew out at the live shows, they have questions, but not everyone gets a chance here. So here's the chance, right? You get a question for us, we answer it. Boom. Yeah. And I've got like, there's like seven pages of questions here. Yeah, we got a lot of questions. Right? Of questions. I think we need to fire through. Let's them. fire through and try to get through as many as we can. Henry Ellis at Henweb. All right. In honor of us British fans, could you have a conversation using your best English accents, please? <laughs> Ta. Right then. Ta. Right then. I'm from Birmingham. I, I'm going to do more. I, I'll do more foppish. I'll do more of a foppish British accent. Right. Where, where are you from, then? Maybe we should answer uh, We should answer a question. Right. Let's answer a um, question. Okay. Let's pull another question out right. and see what is a good one to answer here. All right. Okay. Tom Foolery at Tom Foolery right. says, uh, Heffernan Lemmy, who is the better crab wrestler between the two of you? Crab wrestler? Oh wait, I got, I got, I lost it there for a second. Arthur, 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 or just work in the metal plant, or or just, or or just, I don't know nothing about crab wrestling. Well, crab, you know. crab wrestling is that wrestling for crabs? Oh man, I've had a few uh, cases of four crabs. crabs in me life. All right, I think we. What do you think? We you did think, it. You think we did it? Okay. Right then. There right then. Go. Have your noodles. There you go, Henry. Problems. Have your chips and soup. He's a Henry. Henry. All right. Okay. Um, Okay, who's a better crab wrestler between you two? Probably you. Um, I, you know, I, I wonder if that's just uh, like 
you and I would be the ultimate fight because it's like I'm like a sticker and mover. You're more of a heavyweight slugger. Maybe, but I can't. I'm not a good crab. What like crab wrestling is like when you're on all fours or you're backwards on all fours, like a crab walk. I think it must be crab walking, but I don't know how you wrestle that way. I don't even know what crab wrestling is. Honestly, I know what Indian wrestling is. What if, wrestling. what if like Tom Foolery knows that it's some like like something dirty? Oh, crab wrestling! Like, actually, know. actually, there is no such thing as crab wrestling. He means like if you have crabs who like maybe who knows or maybe it's like a dirty Sanchez or something. Yeah, maybe that's enough time for Tom Foolery. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I would say Lemmy, Tom Foolery. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Kev. Um, all right. Zanetta Padilla at Z Padilla, our old friend Zanetta Padilla. Uh, she says, what's your favorite and least favorite part of production, and how involved are you in the whole process? <clears throat> um, I would honestly, you know, to me, having been through it now, it's the fundraising is, the, uh, is my least favorite part of the production. Oh, yeah. Okay. Once you're in pre-production... You're excited, and it's all good. Yeah, the buildup is rough because shit gets pushed. You have to work on people's schedules. Yeah. You know what I mean? Once you're rolling. Yeah, I mean, literally once you go into pre-production and say you start looking at locations, you start hiring cast, you start hiring crew, you know, that's all great. You, you're you shooting the movie. You know, it's hard work, but it's great because you're shooting a movie. Then you're in post-production, and there's, there's some tedium and some arguments and some long days in cabin fever, but you're making a movie. It's all great. It's the fundraising and the waiting, which is killer. The waiting sucks. I, I do love post-production. I feel like a lot of times you can find great shit that you didn't know existed there. Yeah. And that's where you kind of craft things, which I, I also think is fucking great. Yep. Um, Particularly so in our movies, that. in the early movies when we didn't have a lot of footage, yeah, you're getting blood from a stone. You're literally looking around finding any little snippet of something like that before the use. slate, yeah, yeah, or like when the director calls cut and everyone breaks and they're like start fucking around. You know, like there's something there that you can use. Yeah. Um, Sean McQuilkin, best fraternity pledging hazing story. Um, we weren't big hazers in our fraternities. I mean, we did kind of joke hazing. You really had the realization that you're supposed to be friends with these guys and you're going to hang out with them. So why would you want to be a dick to them? Because I, yeah. I hate dicks and I hate the fucking dicks and fraternities. Yeah. So ours was all kind of like joke based. I feel like which mm-hmm. was good. And um, the f- one of the funnier ones though, though every year uh, you'd bring the pledges down and you'd have the night where they become pledges and you'd have a big ceremony and all kinds of funny shit would happen. But you try to couch it in this kind of weird. Um, Traditions, you know what I mean? That didn't really exist, but these kids don't know, so you're just kind of fucking with them a little bit. And one of the funny ones always was uh, we would go up to uh, there was a guy that we knew who had a farm, and you'd go up and you'd he have he'd have goats, yeah, and uh, you'd get the goat and uh, you bring it down to the fraternity house, and basically all the pledges would be sitting around in the living room waiting, not sure what's going to happen, not sure what the fuck's going on. And the brothers would take the goat, and you'd run the goat through the living room. Mm-hmm. And it would bah, and it would just right, run right. through the fucking living room. And then you'd follow the goat through, and you'd throw rubbers to the, to the fucking to the pledges. Yeah. And just not say a word. Not say a word. Just goat runs through, rubbers to the pledges, then walk out. Yeah. <laughs> my, 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 year, my year, they had a basket, and they would come up, and you had to pick your condom out of the basket. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Okay. But it, it, basically what you did is you take the goat out of the car, you'd run it through the house, put it back in the car, and just drive it back to the guy's house. Yeah. It's not like they had the goat upstairs and then we would fuck her up. But it, it was that moment of the jaw-dropping, like, these kids are like, is this what we're in for here? Yeah. But it's just fucking with them, which yeah. I always thought that was a I like that, too. I also liked, um, you know, Stolhansky and I were in the same pledge class. I right. liked 
and you know, people now know that Stolhansky has a prosthetic leg. I used to like it when he would, uh, when we'd have the perspective pledges. Yeah, on, on their commitment night, and he would say, "Do you know how much the Beta Theta Pi fraternity means to me?" And he'd take a cigar and he'd like put it out on his ankle, <laughs> right. and they'd be like, "Holy shit!" These kids would freak the fuck out. Yeah, Stolansky would have a lot of, leg. and then other people would put cigars out in his leg. Yeah, the annoying thing for Stolansky is like the next morning he would be hungover, and he would have fucking burn marks in his prosthetic leg. Yeah, and, and staples <laughs> all up and down the thing. Yeah, but that's his problem. Um, okay, I have one here. This is from uh, Grant. At H two W H O O A A H two O. Okay. He says, when making sandwiches, do you cut them in triangles or rectangles? I'm going to say triangles. Do you? I never think to cut them in triangles. I cut it. I cut it in two triangles, right? Okay. Just you know, right across the sure. diagonal. Sure. I never. And, and do the that. reason for that is because that's that for, that corner bite. Yeah. I mean, you have four sharp corners now. Like you okay. can get half the sandwich. Three. It's what a triangle is. Into your mouth. Well, yeah, but there's two of them. Okay, got okay. it. Okay, yeah. And I'm not talking about the fucking 90 degree one. Sure, you're talking, talking about the about sharp corner, the 30 degree ones. Okay, over there. Okay, the acute angles. Yeah, the acute ones. I like. <laughs> I like taking that big old sharp corner. Really, part. I never even think to go triangle. I always just slice it down the middle. You go half. Yeah, halfies. Oh, that's boring. But I guess from my mouth, it's the same thing as your 30 degree triangle. Sure. I just put the whole fucking. Thing yeah, there. I mean, you're like, you're like a. Uh, <laughs> You've got basically like a square mouth. Sure. Like a, like a rectangle fits nicely into your mouth. Right. <laughs> Scott M. Kings, at King's First Cup. And he says, hey, Steve, how's learning the guitar coming along? Oh, oh boy. Was Kevin right when he laughed and said you'd quit? Hashtag stirring the pot. Oh, boy, Scott M. Aren't you cheeky? <laughs> Yeah, Lemmy, how is that uh, guitar? Are what? you an expert now? My well, what? you must be Angus Young by now, bro. You know what? Listen, I wrote a song, and I, I you did. What's it called? It's called "You're an Asshole." That's the song you wrote. Yeah. So wait, what? What did you? How are? Are you still doing it? Y- yeah, I'm still doing it. Some, some. Because you said to me that you know that you're gonna put it in my face. So you know, I am gonna put it in your face. <laughs> I actually been thinking about taking guitar lessons. I've been thinking about doing like Mondays. Like real guitar lessons. Like Mondays as self-improvement day. Okay. And like taking classes, like taking music lessons. Okay. Like, you know, uh, taking an acting class maybe. Like doing, sure, you doing need some it. like yeah. building something. Right. Maybe taking a cooking class. Okay. All right. The guitar lessons are going to be in there and I'm going to come and fucking Angus Young all over your ass. Okay. I'm waiting. All right. Dustin Lollar at Dustin Lollar asks, best moments from filming Slam and Salmon? Any of you guys work in the food industry prior? Um, Absolutely right. We had a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. The, the uh, to answer that portion of the question, I think most of us. I know Jay and Eric and I all worked at the same restaurant together, Busby's yeah. on the Upper East Side in New York City. Ninety. We collected all your good stories. Got a lot of stories out of that place. Yeah. Um, in fact, Jay was my trainer. Jay trained me on my first day there, and uh, I remember meeting the owner Morty, who spoke like this. Yeah. And uh, somebody said, uh, "Oh yeah, he's um, a friend of Jay's." As I was meeting Morty, and he said, "Oh, Jay, the ninth kid, but he is slow with molasses." <laughs> I loved working with Morgan Fairchild. Oh yeah, God, Ter- that's great. So beautiful, so great. It's like you know, it's like with Linda Carter. There was years. that moment where she was whispering in your ear. Right? Yeah, she was talking about something so boring. She was talking about like the SAG strike. Yeah, she was talking about the union strike. Yeah, she's a, a union rep. Yeah, and she's going through bits like just like whispering in my ear because there was a take going on, and like her her lips and her breath would just like mm. tickle my fucking earlobe. Oh, oh Morgan, Jesus Christ. Oh, Morgan. Yeah. 
I also enjoyed the cat scene, watching uh, Jay film the cat scene. Great. Now, he doesn't like cats, right? He's allergic. That's you right. don't like cats. Uh, I'm not afraid of them, though. Right. He's afraid of them. Yeah. He's afraid of them. I mean, horses, we have a, you know. Right. No, I loved all that shit. I mean, I, there's so many great moments. I've had fun shooting those twin scenes with Soder. Those were great. Yeah. When someone else would have to act against him, and then he would have to act against that, you know. Yeah, I acted against That him. was like old school fun uh, way, you know, like an old timey comedy. Yeah. Shooting those split screen scenes were great. It is. It is. But also, yeah, I mean, the nice thing about the movie, there were so many great cameos that there was always fun people there. Forte yeah. and Morgan Fairchild and oh, Lance, Lance Henriksen. Lance Henriksen, he, yeah. you know, he and I, uh, we talked about the movie Stone Cold. Right. In great detail. And he told me he was going to give me a framed, uh, the, his vest. Right. Chains his vest from Stone Cold with like... Right, the know, motorcycle yeah, gang. He never did, though. Fuck. You never did. fucking hit him up, bro. I might. Uh, anyway, and of course, the great Michael Clark Duncan working Oh. R.I.P. R.I.P. Okay, go. Well, what a great thing. Uh, I never worked in the food industry. Actually, I worked one night in the food industry. I washed dishes at a restaurant one night. Yeah. But you've enjoyed the food industry. I have very much enjoyed the food industry. Wait, what did you say? You worked one night at a restaurant? Yeah. Oh, you've told that story. Yeah, I washed dishes for one night and I quit. Yeah. The, the washing machine was broken. So I, so I they did the whole restaurant. Machine. Me, by myself, the whole restaurant by hand. Yeah, that sucks. Like, fuck this. Yeah, that sucks. What am I doing? I could go fucking do something better for minimum wage yeah, than that this. Sucks. That sucks. I'm out of here. Jay Copera at JKO Broomy. Broomy, bro. Broomy. And he asks, are the dynamic of Broken Lizard ever affected by the roles assigned in the movies? This guy's definitely from Britain, right? Yeah. Are the dynamic of Broken Lizard? It's a good question. He's the dynamic of Broken Lizard affected by the roles assigned in the movies? Um, well, if I'm understanding the question, I mean, there are a couple of things there. Yes, people do sometimes assume those roles. Mm. Right, like Favre is a good example. Great example. That he is oftentimes a dick. I wrote down one word next to this, and it was Farva. Right. And then, yes, he's often a dick, and then probably is looked at it that way. Well, it's also that you get into the character. Like when we were filming Super Troopers, I remember we'd be in the motel rooms partying yeah. after hours, and you'd look over, and there was Kevin Heffernan just sitting in the corner with sunglasses, chewing gum, not speaking to anybody. Right. That was Farva. Right. That certainly affected the dynamic. Yeah, but plus you're also looking at a guy, you know, like He's like good, when I a when good I, looking guy when I played Finkelstein, you know, I'm sure the the, I mean, people definitely were trying to push me around a little bit more, even within Broken Lizard, like you know, trying to boss me around or be dick to me, right? Because I didn't think yeah, I had the I bite. I would never do that, but yes, I didn't think I had the bite. But do you think also maybe his question is also like, do you ever get angry between each other based on the roles that are assigned? Like maybe you wanted that role or I wanted that role or. Um, I don't think I've ever been that. I mean, like, I feel like, you know, we've talked about this, that we oftentimes wait to assign the roles later in the game so that everyone yeah. can write for all the characters without thinking that's my character. Yeah. I'd say maybe the only time that ever happens is if, you know, like in our movies, there's oh, there's the straight people and there's the, the characters, the yeah. quote-unquote characters. Yeah. It's always fun to play the characters. Yeah. Because you get to you know be slightly less three dimensional and yep. you know have bigger broader jokes less less straight man stuff yep. yeah so for like so Finkelstein and Juan Castillo are my characters right and you know Mac is a bit of a character but like right. you know Connor Rose and Slam and Salmon and Felix right. Bean and Puddle Cruz are, are straight guys right right and you know the maybe kind of your traditional leading man yeah but way. so you see other people who are I mean you know like in Puddle Cruiser when we were making Super Troopers I was like you know what what I don't want is to be another straight man, leading man guy. Yeah. I want to joke around and just, like, fuck around. Because I would see, like, you and Soder having such a good time. Right. Like, that looks like fun. 
So that's you know one of the reasons I wound up as Mac because Mac just fucks around. Sure. Harbocalypse at Harbocalypse right. asks, "Who is Soapy? What's a Soapy? So just get a little background. In every movie that we have made, including our short films, you somewhere in there you'll you'll hear a voice say, "What's up, Soapy?" Right. And um, you know, signature. It's a trademark. Yeah. For instance, like in Super Troopers. It's, uh, well, I shouldn't tell you where it is. Yeah, go find it. I won't tell people where it is. It's in it, every movie. Go find it. Yeah. In Puddle Cruiser, it happens on screen. Right. I say it. Yeah, but go find it. What's up, Toby? Go find it. Um, but that is uh, a friend of ours. Yep. Eric Soderland. Eric Soderland. Uh, a friend of ours from college. We I'll get, tell you. Yeah, tell, tell. Go. Uh, we were, uh, we lived together in Bleecker Street. We lived together. There was like five dudes after we graduated, and Jay and I and a couple other guys. And uh, and Eric was one of the roommates. And uh, one day we got the phone book. We randomly got the phone book. The new phone book came. And so we were looking to see if we had made it into the phone book. And so we went through each guy's name in the apartment to see if, who was listed in the phone book. And uh, when we got to Eric Soderlin, there was no Eric Soderlin in the phone book. There was only one other Soderlin in the New York City phone book. And it was the guy's name was Soapy Soderland. There you go. Soapy Soderland was in the phone book, and we're like, holy shit, Soapy Soderland. <laughs> we thought it was the funniest thing in the world, and that instantly became his nickname. And we, he, didn't, he didn't like it. Hated it. He didn't we like called it. him Soapy, not just not, it's like, what's up, so, hey, what's up, Soapy? What's going on, Soapy? What's up, Soapy? And so we just fucked it. We just called him Soapy. He became Soapy Soderland. I mean, yeah. he, he was one of those guys who had a lot of fun nicknames, but Soapy Soderland was one of them that stuck. And then we made our first short film, uh, the Tinfoil Monkey Agenda, yeah, right, which was a half an hour. Th- uh, it was a NYU student film that we made, and uh, we shot a scene in Washington Square Park of a news crew interviewing people on the street, man in the street stuff. And we invited all of our roommates to come down and hang out and uh, uh, to be extras. And so Soderlin, uh, Eric Soderlin, came down and he was an extra in that thing. And so when we were doing ADR in the movie afterwards. He was on camera, and so we threw a What's Up Soapy in the background. We put the audio in, just somebody saying, What's Up Soapy? And, uh, and so we put the audio in over his picture, and everyone loved it. Everyone thought it was funny, and we loved it, except for him. He hated it. Yep. And so we decided we would just keep doing it for every movie. We'd say, What's Up Soapy? Which we did. Which we did, and we've continued to do that. And it's funny because now uh, there are people that we work with. There are sound guys and all, who are like, Hey, where's the What's Up Soapy going? You guys forgot to put the What's Up Soapy in. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And we'll put it in. He was a sensitive guy. Like, we used to call him Rupert the Monkey Boy <laughs> after the, you know, Steve Martin uh, character in um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, and he didn't like that. Oklahoma, 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 And Oklahoma. then uh, we also used to say that Soapy likes puppets. Right, because uh, we went to uh, Central Park one day, and there was a puppet show, and we were all walking around Central Park, and and we had lost him. We couldn't, we, we couldn't find out where he went, and we went back. And there was one of those puppet shows going on, and it was like one of those scenes where there's like, like ten, like three foot tall people, <laughs> and then there's one uh, adult sized person standing in the line, mesmerized watching the puppet show, and it was Soapy because he's Soapy like puppets. Soapy likes puppets. He liked puppets. He liked that polar bear Coca Cola ad. <laughs> Soapy like polar bears. <laughs> there you go. We had a lot of fun with Soapy. There you go. So Soapy's a good friend. What's up, Soapy? What's up, Soapy? Uh, Eric Steckis at E. Steckis. Kevin and Steve, is a hot dog a sandwich? Easy question. Yeah? What is it? It's not a sandwich. Oh, I think it's absolutely a sandwich. No, it's not a sandwich. It's meat between bread. 
Yeah, except that a sandwich, to me, a sandwich needs to have the bread disconnected. It's two pieces around a piece of meat. Mm. Whereas a hot dog bun is still is kind of like one piece. I guess, like, would you call pita a sandwich? Uh, no, I'd call it a pita pocket. Okay. <laughs> and that's okay. definitely not a sandwich. A pita's definitely not a what sandwich. What about a panini sandwich? That's two pieces of bread separate, and you smush them together. So your definition of sandwich is the two pieces of bread be two pieces of bread be separate. Sort of sandwiches. Two or more pieces of bread. Sure. Because yeah. you can have like four pieces. You get a double decker. Yeah, as long as there's one piece on top, one piece on bottom. Or left and right okay. if you prefer to eat your sandwich. I disagree. I say it's uh, technically a sandwich. That's no, a hot dog. It's meat between bread. No, because I have had a hot dog sandwich, which is sliced hot dog in between two pieces of bread. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. That's, that's a hot dog that's sandwich. a hot dog, but okay, yeah. yeah. It's a hot dog sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I guess we agree to disagree on that one, Lemmy. Who knew that was going to be such a polarizing question? I know. Question? I thought we looked at each other and was like, oh, pff, of course. We know the Eric answer to that. Eric guess we're wrong. Steckus yeah. broke up the fucking duo. Okay. Okay, go. Uh, Corey Burnsdorf okay. at C. Steve Burn, B-E-R-N, mm-hmm. B-E-R-N. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, what is the funniest scene you've written for one of your movies? Um, one of the purely funniest scenes we've written for the movie? I, I um, have always been fond of the shenanigans scene in Super Troopers. Great, great scene. And the thing that I liked about that is, uh, you know, Soder wrote that on my computer one day we were having a writing session. Remember, he, like, yeah. he didn't have a computer. He walked in and just started mm-hmm. typing. He had something in his head. And it kind of went untouched. Yeah. All the way through. That's oh, it's hard to make it all the way through. Yeah, it's a nice, uh, simple scene. I like that. And then uh, Beer Fest. Okay. I think there are a lot of scenes in Beer Fest. Yeah. Like in the training montage, in the training sequence that are just like great scenes. Great, yeah. fun, funny scenes. Yeah. Uh, my f- One of my favorite written scenes, I feel like, just because there's so much going on and I think there's so many smart, fun things in it, is actually that campfire scene in Club Dread. Mm-hmm. Because it starts out with, with me and Paxton singing Ponytails Cocktails, which I love, and then yeah. all the Jimmy Buffett riff. And then goes into the horror story, which is the Phil Coletti... Yeah, the Machete Machete Coletti story, which I just always thought they were just really funny, well-written yeah. things throughout that scene. I always found it a pleasure to watch that scene because I, I think it's layered with funny shit. Sure, well, even and then it ends on a dick joke. Yeah, well, no, or a no dick even. joke. A right. mangina joke. But, you know, even like the, where's my penis? <laughs> right. Where's my penis? Yeah. Uh, I, I think the writing of that scene, I just have always loved the writing of that scene. Yeah. Um, Alex Garcia Esquire. Lawyer, huh? That's why you chose this one. This is not- Garcia Limon, 92. What's Limon, Lemon? Limon, yeah. Uh, who would win in a fist fight? The Super Troopers or the Beer Fest gang? You know, I have a... I mean, I think Super Troopers gang would definitely win, and there's one reason why. It's because of uh, Finkelstein? Yeah, because of Finkelstein. Yeah, although... <laughs> don't, don't you think Mac would kick the shit out of Finkelstein? Well, is that... Are we... I don't know. Would they, pair, would they square off? Cause I, don't you think anyone could kick the shit out of no, Finkelstein? No, I think, I think there was one pairing uh, in which the Beer Fest guys could win, or okay. could have a chance. Okay. I agree with you. The Super Troopers guys would kick the shit. Uh, the beer fest guys. Right. We're like we're cops. We're in shape. We know how to fight. I think if Foster took on Finkelstein, okay, I think there's a good chance that Finkelstein would get nerd rage because oh. that's kind of like nerd on nerd. I think Finkelstein. Do you think Soder would agree with this? No, definitely not. <laughs> but I think Fick- Finkelstein. So if take you Foster. think Finkelstein can take Foster, and then you've got a mismatch. Now you've got outnumbered, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think the next person you'd have to go after. Is Stolhansky. 
in Beer Fest? Well, no. So then, y- then I think Fink. Todd or? I think Fink and Todd would then team up to take down Rabbit. Oh, you can't team up, though. You can? Well, yeah, it's a fist fight. Okay, I thought it was head to head. Oh, well, head to head, then. If it's like one, if it's just a gentleman's fight, like, uh, you know, like. Right, it's like uh, the Outsiders when. You know, Swayze matches up against his buddy he used to play football with. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'll t- all right, I'll take. Uh, I'll take him. I'll take him. Yeah. Um, yeah. In this case, I don't. Th- I don't think there's any chance the beer fest wins. You you have to team up on guys, and that's the way it goes. It's like which team wins at the end. Okay. It's not like in any fight will I ever just stand back and let my friend get his ass kicked. Right. Just because I'm a gentleman, I'll step in. If if they're outnumbered, I'm stepping in. How, that's so noble of you. Yeah. Well, that's How noble what I'm you are. So I think Fink. And uh, Todd take on Rabbit, take okay. him down. Okay. Okay. I think Farva, you know, Farva and Landfill is interesting because uh, they'd would, fight each other. Don't you think they would fight each other? They'd have to fight each other. But I think Landfill too is the he's the survivor of Beer Fest. I think Farva, I think Landfill too can take uh, Farva. So Gil, I think Gil Crundle, Gil Crundle can take Farva. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. I think he's a little tougher. He's a little more of a shit kicker. He's a little more of a cowboy. But, he's got but cowboy boots I'm on. sure Farber fights dirty. Farber fights dirty, but, I mean, look, you know, Gil is a cowboy. He's been in barroom brawls. That's true. Okay. That's street fighting. Maybe. Maybe one of his fake cowboys. Yeah. I think Beer Fest wins. Really? Okay. Yeah. Unless, unless Finkelstein squares off against Mac, in which case Mac kicks his ass and it's over. Okay. Basically, it all comes down to me, Kev. Okay. I guess it does. I think it does, actually. You're right. Um, all right. So, Brett Millman at Millman B., Okay. Favorite episode of Seinfeld? It's a random question. Random question. It's a random question, but I I remembered one that I really liked. Yeah. Is the episode where uh, George gets uh, accidentally squeezes some citrus into his eyeball? Okay. And now he can't stop winking. Yeah. At people and everywhere he goes, like he says something and then he winks, <laughs> right. including to Mr. Steinbrenner. Right. And everyone thinks he's okay. They're like, oh, okay, okay, right. And it dramatically uh, alters the course of his uh, his day, right, right. While right, he's right, got right, the citrus right, in his eyeball, right, right. I like that. That's a great one. Yeah, I, I'm always amazed at uh, Thursday night at eight o'clock, and one of the most famous episodes is the jerk off contest. Like, who's going to go longer without jerking oh, yeah. off? Which I, I mean, I find that amazing that they got that through. That was at the height of their power. I guess it is because like. You know, as people know, you know, the the later you go in the night, the more you can get away with. But 8 o'clock on a Thursday night on NBC, I got to imagine it was hard to to pitch the jerk-off contest, the abstinence jerk-off thing. But they're pro- at that point, they're probably like, all right, who's p- all right, Jerry, you're going to pitch that one. He's like, okay, so here's the, here's the deal. <laughs> we were wondering. I mean, look. Do you have a jerk-off? What's the deal? Do you have a not jerk-off? You know, but it's something that's on guys' minds. It's very relatable. Women do it, too. Uh, you know. Okay, Buff McLeod, at Buff McLeod. I like that name. Chewing a question. Hashtag chewing a question. I'm a native New Yorker, and I live in Boston. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It's one strike right there. What do you miss most and least about the East Coast? Even though, we, even though we're, we're pushing our Boston shows, you're going you're gonna to shit on Boston right now? I don't have to shit on Boston because this guy says about the East Coast, what do you miss most and least? I mean, for me, it, they're both pretty weather-related, right? Like, yeah. I miss the seasons. I miss, you know, like winter. Oh, I miss Kevin. autumn. Oh, Kevin. Autumn. Okay. But at the same time, uh, uh, the weather here is fucking great. And there's no humidity, 
which is what blows about the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's no long winter. Like, winter is always lovely in that first weekend where it snows. and you, Sure. But then it's that, it's like late February when everything's fucking brown. There's dirt and salt all over the place. Yeah, it's bitter cold. It's not like yeah. a nice Colorado, like I don't a miss that. fluffy snow. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I guess mine are weather related. Are, are yours weather related? No, I said. I mean, what what I what I don't miss about the East Coast is the weather. Yeah. Um, but you like the seasons, all right? I do like the seasons. Yeah. I I love the spring and I love the fall. Yeah, those are my two favorite seasons. Yeah. Um, but I hate summer and winter, so it sort of cancels each other out. Okay. I hate summer and winter in New York City. Hate's a strong word, bro. Well. In New York City, it's so humid. Right. And there are extremes. And the heat and the humidity gets trapped in between the tall buildings. Yeah. And also it's the moist. It smells. It smells. It's moist and smelly. It's smelly. And in the wintertime, you've got that cold wind. As I like that for a weekend, though. Like, I like to go back to New York when it's fucking hot. And you're there for a weekend. You're just walking around sweating. Sure. You, remember you get the fuck out. It's time like July 4th party. You're like on a rooftop and you're just dripping with sweat. Right. But you're, you're like, having oh, a good time. This sucks. It's the it's the thing where you're like you know like when I was there like working in an office and you had a tie on and you'd have to walk home and you'd get home and be fucking hot and you don't have an air conditioner Jesus and it sounds miserable <laughs> yeah I the other thing I miss about uh, New York City specifically is uh, the culture of the city the ease with which you can get anything oh. oh. I thought you told me all your all the museums you used to like to go to. I have gone to every museum in New York, Kevin Heffernan. <laughs> On field trips that they made you go you. to. Kevin. I don't deny that. I've been with my mom taking don't, me to... Don't start getting all sentimental with me, you fucker. <laughs> okay. All right, go. Chris Anderson. Chris with a K. Chris with a K. K-R-Y-S-S. Yep. At Chris Anderson. Yep. If the BL Bunch were a group of superheroes, minus Lemmy's smile, what would each of your, their powers be? See, Chris knows I'm flattery operated. And I know you are flattery operated. is a really nice way to... A nice question to read. Chris, thank you for the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this. I, I, was th- I, I think Jay... So Jay's going to get mad because he's also become a, a sensitive uh, bitch like you. <laughs> uh, Maybe that's what happens I, in our old age, bro. Yeah, I think Jay's <laughs> powers would be similar to like Finding Dory. Okay. You know, I think okay. he would be able to zap people with short-term memory loss. Okay. Unfortunately, it sometimes hits him. And, uh, and well, but he claims to have the best memory. That's what I, he doesn't remember right. that he's forgotten every <laughs> important detail. But that's okay. That's he's, he's getting mad right now. Right. His lip is trembling right sure, now. Sure, sure. Um, so that'd be Jay's thing. I think Soda would be Calf Man. Ca- oh, definitely Calf Man. Calf Man. Like, because he, he's got such big, strong calves. He, he'd have the ability to jump and, and run, but also. In times of starvation, he could feed you off his calves. Okay. He could cut it open and, and give you some sapling uh, uh, jizz, like we used to say, as, as <laughs> contained in his calves. Or he could okay. scrape off some of that beautiful lamb's meat, the gyro meat, that his calves also contain. Right. So, you know, he's really... that's Okay, calf man. That's calf man. He's got some calves. Yeah. I think Stolhansky would be... He'd be white man. White man. Yeah. Okay. He'd have the ability to blend in with uh, in any polar environment. <laughs> um, okay. And then uh, you would be sarcastic bitch man. <laughs> okay. This is my new persona, I guess. Yeah. It's like you, you, you'd you get like you'd be so sarcastic with people that you'd get them mad enough that they fuck up somehow. Okay. Like you'd, you'd disable them with your sarcasm and your bitchiness. Okay. And your, and your newfound sensitivity. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. And, probably, and, and finding Dory, man. Yeah. Would be your sidekick. He'd be like the Robin to your Batman. Okay, and you guys because just be that, because he would be just sincere with short term memory loss, and I'd be a dick. Yeah. Okay. But he get mad. 
he'd get mad when you, you know, when he zapped himself with the short-term memory <laughs> loss. Oh, what was mine? I don't even think yeah, I did what it is for yours? myself. I'd be smiley, man. Uh, here's one which I can't think of the answer to. Maybe you can, and, and maybe you'll spark a thing in my, in my memory. But this is a great question because, because I cannot think of an answer. Uh, Eric Nepstad at Nepstud1701. Okay. I like that. Nepstud. He fancies uh, himself a stud, doesn't Nepstud. he? Nepstud. I like that. Uh, when was the last time you did something that scared the shit out of you? Mm-hmm. When was the last time you did something that scared the shit out of you? And I, I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking to myself, God, I have eliminated that from my life. Yeah. I don't watch scary movies anymore. I don't go on roller coasters. I don't go on rides like that. You don't accept dares. I don't accept dares. You don't put yourself in danger. That's smart as a parent. I guess so, but maybe that's maybe I'm missing something because I got we were I was taking my kids to camp this morning and uh, and uh, my son was like you know I, I kind of want to watch a scary movie and I was like okay what how come he said because sometimes it's good to get scared mm-hmm. and I was like that's a, that's good that's a good point I'm glad that you feel that way because I have lost that feeling oh Kevin oh my God, is it sad Kevin Hefferton no I I, I mean. I have an answer to this question, but I love my wife and I love watching scary movies. Right. Mine don't. Mine and I don't. But you know, it's like it's uh, it's fun. Yeah, you know, it is fun. There's one that's they're, they're showing like Lights Out. This new uh, uh-huh. have you seen the trailer for Lights Out. No, what, what what's Lights Out? It's uh, directed by the director of The Conjuring. It's like okay. uh, the trailer just has like people like they turn off the lights and they see a silhouette in the doorway and they turn the lights back on and it's gone. Okay, and then they turn the lights back out and there's a silhouette standing in the same place in the door and they turn the lights back on. I'd be out of there by this point. Sure, sure, sure. And I'd also start to keep the lights on. Sure, okay. <laughs> right. but, uh, but then finally, like, they turn the lights off, and then the silhouette's right in front of them. Right. And it fucking gets you. Right. Anyway, but that's... Uh, but my wife, my wife have a, uh, and I have a ton of uh, horror movies, and, and not just horror, but also scary movies uh, queued up in our Netflix. Just lined up. When is the last time, though, something really scared the shit out of you, though? Uh, I have a story. It okay. was... Uh, you know, I made this... Uh, I've been working on this documentary from scratch. Right, yes. The origins of hip hop, the birth right, of hip hop. Right. And so we went to um, the South Bronx. Yeah. We did a lot of interviews in the South Bronx. Okay. And uh, there was one night. Yeah. I'm not going to name any names or anything. Okay. There was one night where we went uh, to the house. We were interviewing a bunch. Uh, 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 we had a clusters. Uh, every now and then, like we, a lot of times we did individual guys. Yeah. And uh, interviewing them for the documentary. For the documentary, right. like you know, like a re- and really amazing solo interviews, but then. Oftentimes we'd get a big cluster of guys together sure. who were like friends from back in the day, and they're like, "Yeah, let's get together and right. do this thing." Group hug. And so uh, we had a cool group. We had a cool group, and, and we met at this guy's house. Mm-hmm. And the guy um, was a musician, but also very big in the in the gang community. Okay. But a leader of gangs. Okay. And a peaceful gang. It's the Zulu Nation. Okay. Got it. Already, you know. But uh, so this particular leader that. That night had to leave his house. Okay. Because he was going to go. There was a beef between two gangs. Okay. In the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the, the two gangs, I'll, I'll call them a Mexican gang and a black gang. The Sim- Warriors and the. Well, yeah, simply for the fact that, and like. The bo- Bronx Bombers. Okay, yeah, the Warriors and the Bronx Bombers. So what had happened was the Warriors. Were those guys that dressed up like the Yankees? They were the uh, they were the Baseball Furies. Okay, the Baseball Furies. Yeah, okay, so it's the Warriors. Okay, so the Warriors and the Baseball, Warriors, Baseball Furies. Go. Okay. So a guy from the Warriors yeah. was his girlfriend, who he was living with, was the sister of somebody from the Baseball Furies. Okay. And he killed her. Whoa. Okay. And so then the Baseball Furies guy 
killed him. Oh, God. Now you have a gang beef. This is real life shit, huh? Now you have a gang beef. Okay. So this guy whose house we were staying in, and his, and his lady was there, and she was cooking for us. Like, it was really cool. Yeah. He had to go moderate this beef. Oh, boy. Okay. And uh, he put a gun in his pocket. He had to go lay down some wisdom. Well, we said, so what's going to be? And he's like, it's going to be the leader of each of these gangs, and then I'm going to be there moderating. Yeah. And he's like, and we're like, is there any security? He goes, this is my security. He reaches up in the cupboard, pulls out a gun. Okay. Tucks it in his back pocket. Okay. Or in, his, in his belt. And, uh, you know, of course, I'm like, can we, do you think we could take our cameras to something like that? Oh, Jesus. And he's like, yeah, I'll check. But he, he meant no. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but we're like, and so like, what happens if like they disagree? And he's like, if they disagree, there's a good chance that the guns come out. Right. And they settle it with lead. Okay. And we're like, what do you do? He's like, I shoot my way out of there. And we're like, holy shit. Jesus Christ. Very tense situation. So he leaves. Right. Came back an hour later. Right. In one piece? In one piece. Obviously, but it's a very tense thing. These guys, you know, these are the leaders of the gangs. There's, yeah. they, they have a problem. Right. And they have to reach peace. And he he's comes back now from this very tense situation. He wants to drink and he wants to smoke some weed. Oh, okay. Start, Take the edge off, bro. He starts doing it. Right. He And he's doing it at an accelerated pace while we're conducting this interview and Finally, he's fucked up. Okay, okay. And he starts vamping and going off on a riff. Okay. Now I'm next. Like to a like a like a hip hop riff or like a what? Well, this was the incredible like thing. A about rap it. riff. This or is the incredible thing about it, and I do hope that we keep it in the film, though I, there's no place for it. Okay. But he starts going off in verse, off the top of his head, rhyming. Off the dome. Off the dome. Okay. Rhyming about what he's done and what he what his place in the world is. And what his origins are and what he, you know, and it becomes a rap, like what he's going to do to every other man in the place. <laughs> okay. And, Including uh, you? Well, I was sitting right next to him. Okay. And, uh, and in fact, I was actually up on the armrest because there were a lot of, there's a film crew in there. So I was up on an armrest. I'm off camera. Right. So he's sitting down. And so I'm actually facing, like, if he's facing forward on the couch, I'm sitting on, on the armrest facing him, basically. Okay. And he's right next to me. But first he's standing and he's waving his gun around. He's pulled out his gun, and he's fucked up. Wow. He's waving his gun around. Yeah. Jesus. He's waving it at one of the producers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My, my former manager. Right. You're, you're, yeah, got he, it. And, uh, which, and the, the, the levity of, this, of that moment is that my manager was falling asleep while this is happening. <laughs> well, there's a gun being waved in the face, and the guy's like, you know, I'll fuck your wife. I'll, ki- I'll fuck up your crew. Right. Like, there's no man like me. You know, that, it's one of those type of things. Okay. And then he's he, then he's going to sit back down. He's like, what? I gotta and now what are you doing? Tapping your foot and, and rock bobbing your head along to the fucking rap or what? I was way into it. <laughs> I, it was actually a pretty surreal scene because then like a few of the other hip hop guys, yeah, that were there, they were just like texting and like scrolling on their on their iPhones, which I did point out later. And you know when I like to rag on people, I was like, this guy's been going off on like a fifteen minute super violent rhyme off the top of his dome, right? And you guys don't even care because this happens to you every day. Like Just this, another day at the office, bro. Yeah. But so finally he decides to sit down and his gun is in the way. He's like, I got to rid of this gun. He wants to shove it under his, oh, Jesus. under the couch cushion. Yeah. But he doesn't quite get it under the couch cushion. And now it's, it was sticking up. The, the muzzle of the gun was pointing out of the couch cushions. So the handle is, is lower oh, down. Oh, boy. Okay. And the muzzle is pointed right at me. Okay. And then he... Uh, forgets about it. You change your seat. <laughs> so th- then, what happened as he adjusted the seat? It got sucked under the couch cushion, and so now it's like I don't even know what position it's right. in. Right? Where is it? But like, I didn't want to interrupt the interviews, and I certainly didn't want to be a pussy. Right. 
So I didn't say anything. But Hard then, like, you. dude, like, he got up, and then a dude came in and flopped down on the couch. Oh, anyway, Jesus. It was a uh, it was a tense situation. Okay, that gun was being waved around in my face. Yeah, scary. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, that was scary. I'm gonna go right above that. Okay. Uh, Drew Roberts. Um, he's got two questions in a row. Uh, have you tried to convince Jay to start a spinoff podcast called Dipping It? <laughs> uh, no, but that's a great idea. It is. I don't know if it'd be Dipping It for him though. Would it be? Uh, well, I think he, two things. I mean, he likes to put dip in his mouth. No, he doesn't. I thought he did. I thought you and he were like dipping buddies. Chew. Oh, you like chaw. Yeah, not a chop. Okay, so forget that. But then also, I think... We I dip bet he, dots, maybe. What's a dipping dot? You know what dipping dots are? No. It's like the ice cream that you get like at the... Oh, I like those. Uh, with, they're all like little dots. You get it at the amusement park. I thought remember. they were called like movie bites. Oh, okay. No, dipping dots. Okay, dipping dots. I like they those. melt your mouth kind of. Okay, or he could put like dip his uh, chips in some sauce. Sure. Or his baby carrots and some uh, hummus. <laughs> right. What would Jay's podcast be, though? Forget- Short-term memory loss? Forgetting it? Yeah. Forgetting it? Forgetting it with Jay Shetter-Sekar? <laughs> Holy shit, he's so mad right now. He, although he's probably forgotten how he got mad about that on that podcast, right. and now he's getting mad about it all over again. <laughs> all right. Um, okay, and then also, Andrew Roberts, was there ever a scene from a Lizard movie that you guys loved, but the studio made you cut it for some reason? I was yeah. thinking about this, and then I, I remembered the original eulogy that I did for Farva. Yeah. Was Not cut Farva. Landfill. For uh, Landfill. Yeah, in Beerfest. Was cut and reshot because they thought it was too sad. It was too sad, yeah. Yeah, because we actually did an emotional. Yeah, and I, you know, it's I have mixed feelings about because I I actually loved how like sad it was, but then I do love all the lines of dialogue we wrote for this thing. Like, right, you know, he once farted a plum. I was plum surprised. Right, he was a fat asshole, but he was my fat asshole. <laughs> right, it became much better. It was a smart idea. Yeah, it became funnier. So. But I, I don't. I mean, I was trying to think about that also. Like, <clears throat> there were there was an interesting situation. It wasn't like a set piece. But we shot a secret scene in Club Dread, and what happened was uh, the the studio was pulling the plug. We had uh, a scene that we had been bopping around. We had we, we had pushed it, and then we, uh, we kept rescheduling it. And it was in Club Dread. It's, I think it's still in the movie. It's a scene where Brittany, Daniel, and and Jordan Ladd meet on like a pathway, mm-hmm. and they have an exchange. And part of it was we didn't feel like we had enough for the actresses, and so we wanted to do their introductions. So that's why we did it. But anyway. The studio said, no, you, we're, you're, we're cutting that scene. You're not going to shoot it. We're pulling the plug. Yeah. And so uh, Rich and us, and uh, we scheduled a secret shoot day. Yeah. The day after we wrapped, uh, and we kept the actress down there and, and got some, some equipment on the sly and just went and shot the scene mm-hmm. against their wishes. Yeah. And it caused a lot of problems, and I, I think I don't know that Rich's relationship ever recovered with some of those executives because they were so mad that 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 we did this. Yeah, and uh, uh, and we shot that scene, and they were then they were furious about it. And I think the we did use it. Furious in the final cut. about it. It's in the final cut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the other one, which I thought was a funny, kind of falls in this category, which is a little different. Also, is that um, when we had beer fest at Sony, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we sat down with the executive for the first uh, kind of go through, and the scene he hated was the landfill dying, yeah, and then coming back. And he was like, "Now I got to ask you this thing. I mean, we got the guy dies, and the next scene he comes back. What? How does that work?" And you're yeah. like, "Well, it's kind of funny, you know." We explained to him the idea behind it was that you know, in the three act structure of a movie, in the end of the second act, they want you to be at your low point. 
and then so you can rise above in the third act and finish the movie as you are triumphant. And we didn't have that moment, and then we started riffing on it, and in kind of a very meta way, we decided it wouldn't be funny if we just killed one of us off. Mm-hmm. But then, oh, bummer, we wouldn't be in the third act. Well, wait a minute, what if we bring the guy back as his twin brother as the same as that guy? It yeah, would just be a he, funny statement. And he knows all about these guys. Everything. And so he, they don't have to catch up. Right. And <clears throat> we thought that was the funniest fucking thing in the and world. we were going to call him Landfill in honor. Right. Yeah. And that, this executive hated it. And he was like, I don't, he didn't get it. He didn't think it was funny. And ultimately, I mean, he's proven wrong because I think it's people, it's something that people love. People, like, love, people it. love it. Yeah. And uh, uh, he wanted us to take that out. And then in retrospect, though, you know, we didn't make the movie with them, we made it with somebody else, but we ran into him down the road and he was like, you know what? You guys are right. I was wrong. That was a funny fucking thing. He was a nice guy and, yeah. and a good guy. And it's like, you know, it's, it, it, it goes back to this thing that nobody ever knows what's actually going to be funny. Yeah. And because uh, another such scene was the meow scene. When we took the Super Troopers yeah. around to all the studios, every single place singled out the meow scene as like, we don't even know what this is. Yeah. Like, we don't even think it's funny. It's like, not. it doesn't make sense. And it's something that people think is, you know, one of the best scenes in Super Troopers. So, I mean, maybe that's a lesson. If, like, the thing that you think is the craziest, least funny thing in the movie. Yeah. If you don't understand it, actually might be the best thing in the movie. Yeah. But go figure. Go figure. JJ at if the foo S H one T S. What was your favorite scene to film ever between all of your movies? Love you guys. Um, favorite scene to film. Favorite scene to film. <sighs> I'm, I'm assuming you mean of, of our own, although I've yeah. loved I've loved watching other scenes, but of my own I like I really enjoyed uh, filming the strikeout scene. Right, and not just because I was using real substances and getting just wasted on set, but yep. uh, also because I, I just enjoyed the fact that we actually decided to go for that in the movie. Right. Um, I also obviously f- I love filming the gymnast scene in uh, Club Dread. Yep. Not because of the sexual component. Well, part of it, but, but yes. I also thought it was a just a hilarious scene. Right. With the people in the closet, that you know, Paul comes out and tugs my toe, yep. and then you know, like, uh, so those were um, my favorites. I think. Okay. How about you? Uh, I love shooting the chicken fucker scene. Yeah. I mean, just because my parents were in it. And it was the first scene we shot when we shot that movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, this is fucking great. This is going to be a funny movie. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I like that. And the Dibbus Burger scene was also a really fun scene to shoot. Just because like, we were contained in that one place for the whole night. Yeah. And we just fucked around. And it was like jumping over the counter and... Throwing shit at Charlie Finn and yeah, all that shit was fun. I thought. Yeah. Um, I have another one. Yeah, go group group ones. Yeah, group ones are fun too. Beer fest, you just grab assing. Beer fest. There were two. There's what the scene where we first taste the beer. Yeah. To me, is one of my favorite scenes. That, that was great. The little improvy stuff that we shot. Yeah. yeah, just improvising and then like, you know, it's like you'd see what other it, it, beer fest was the movie where we really started to improvise and it's like you realize that. It was good to go first because you could get out all the, like some sweet improvs first, but then it was also go second because you could hear what other guys were saying and you could not only react to those things and answer those questions with right. a punchline, right. but you, it also sparked more ideas. Right. So like I, I, I love that. And the deer piss scene on the roof was another group scene that I also... That was great. That was uncomfortable because it was hard to get there. Wasn't it hard to we get there? We had to climb that? up like scaffolding. Yeah. And yeah. then we were up there all day. I felt like you going to fall or something. Yeah. No, I, in Beerfest, one of the little throwaway scenes that I I had a, a lot of fun with was uh, uh, there's a scene where I wake up 
in my half into my refrigerator. Yeah. With like mustard all over myself. Yeah. And uh, and Sue Ryan, who plays my wife, uh, comes in and gives me mouth to mouth. Yeah. And then ends up having a piece of ham. Yeah, oh, God. So gross. I had a, I, for some reason I just thought I had a lot of fun shooting that because I think it was uncomfortable for Sue. It was funny that she had to be put into that situation. I think, uh, uh, and then it was just funny, like laying in that thing and spreading this food around me and just fucking acting passed out in your own refrigerator. Sure, some ham. Yeah, those. I mean right. that that sequence. I was all waking up after that first practice. Is like I got. You know, jizzed on by the frog, <laughs> right, and, and some right. gets in my mouth. Uh, Jay wakes up naked in the bear, or in the uh, in the woods. Yeah, which was something we came up with at the very last second. You know, yeah. the uh, the the homage to the movie Wolf. Um, now, the, the day you shot that scene with uh, Sue Ryan in the fridge, did you also shoot the uh, the landfill two uh, sex scene? Mm, I don't I, think I so. Have to imagine you did. No, I think it was a different house. Okay, uh, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. It may have been. It may have been actually. It was just an aside. It may have been. Oh. That was. I mean, you know. I mean, for whatever that's worth. I mean, that's a funny scene. I mean, that's. You know, we talked about this. That those scenes are uncomfortable. So it's not like. Yeah. It's not like that's a joyous scene. You're like, you know, it's like you're simulating sex with you know twenty people standing around looking at you. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yes. Which you know, whatever. There's fun elements to it, but it's it was it's not. I wouldn't put it up there as being like. Like, I, I far uh, oh, I more enjoyed... A- I didn't ask if it was fun. Yeah. I'm just saying, was that the same day? Right. Because, right. you know, I'm, I'm, because if you shot that first or second? I, I, I remember that being late at night we shot that scene. Okay, I bet. The ham, I remember being in the daytime. Oh. And uh, I, I I had a great time. I think Sue Ryan had fun doing that scene, too. Yeah. She's, like, calling the police and whatever. Okay. Speaking of beer fest, Jen at Needing Jen wrote, What was it like to hang out and film with Cloris Leachman? Mm. I love her as much as you guys. She likes them young. It was great. It was so shocking that we had got LaCourse Leachman because she was like the first person in our mind uh, uh, that we we wrote the part. And then to find out that, that we got her was fucking it was exciting. Mm-hmm. And she came to the first read-through, and it was just we were like giddy kids. She did her German accent, you know, and uh, which she did Young Frankenstein, right? Yeah, she sure did. And it was, you know, it was so great. And then uh, and then she turned out to be just a body, fun, like, wise-ass, which you didn't, like, expect, you know? And, like, she like she had little things. Like, she wanted Jay. She, she had a little crush on Jay, and so she wanted uh, to get a kiss from him before every time she had to act. He had to kiss her, her big, his big brown lips. And then I remember the day she left, she finished shooting. We were in the beer fest hall, and uh, uh, she wasn't in those scenes, but she came by to say goodbye. And all the extras were there were sta- sitting in the stands. And uh, and she was like, thank you very much, everyone. I had a great time. Love you all. And then she gave everyone the finger, and she walked out the door, which I thought was a great way to exit. Yeah, it was uh, a spectacular <laughs> mic drop and, uh, and walk off. But that was my second Cloris Leachman movie, just so you know. Uh, what was your first one? Again? I made a movie called Sky High. Sky High. Uh, with Cloris Leachman. Love Cloris Leachman. Good old Cloris Leachman. Um, all right, um, just start firing them. Here, Big Go. Red. Yeah. At Red Machine 42. Yeah. Other than Sam Elliott, what actor would you be most psyched about getting in a Broken Lizard movie? Jeez. Um, That's a hard question. I know one. I, I, I know one I'd, re- I'd really like to work with. Who? Rob Lowe. I'd um, like to work with Rob I, Lowe. I'd like to work with Rob Lowe. I hope yeah, you've it, always been a, a huge Rob Lowe fan. Yeah, I hope it works out. Me too. Someday. 
Me too. I'd like to work with uh, Kevin Klein. <laughs> you would? I would. Okay. He's the he's my favorite actor of all time. Oh, that's true. He is. He's so good. I I like Kevin Klein. I love Kevin Klein. I know you love Kevin Klein. You met him. You met him, right? I mean, this is such. You a met t- him as Finkelstein. I did meet him as Finkelstein. This is such a tough question because it's like you know. I mean, God, Patrick Swayze, yeah. obviously. I mean, sure. You, but know. you can't work with him. I'd like to work with a lot of these people. Yeah, tons. Harrison Ford, Bill Murray, sure. Why not? I like to work with Rob Lowe. Corey Bernsdorf says uh, he's at he's at see Steve Byrne. See Steve Byrne. I like that. Yeah. He says, uh, what is something that Steve loves and Kevin can't stand? Now, you know we did a, a, a Corey Bernsdorf question already. I know. Okay. I know we did. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. What's something that Steve loves, Kevin can't stand, and vice versa? Yeah. What do you got? Uh, I like lists. You don't. Right. <laughs> That's true. I like to go in order. You don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. You like uh, to point at people, and I don't like being pointed at. Sure. <laughs> um, you like IPAs. I don't like IPAs. That's true. Um, you like being late. I don't like being late. I don't like being anymore. late. You do now. You you changed. Uh-uh. You like late night eating. And uh, while I will do it and I enjoy it, I don't really like it. I like it, but I try not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's it, though. Okay. Uh, good Jeff at The Good Jeff asks, if you could have starred, if you had starred in one movie or TV show from any time, what would it be and why? Um, I wrote uh, Miami Vice. Okay. Because I used to love that TV show. Sure. They, the, the pastels, they had some attitude. It was just like so ridiculous. Yeah. I loved that show. That would be great fun for you. But Oh, yeah, it would be great. Because <laughs> I, I could play either like on the cop side or like I could play like a Cuban guy. Right. But I, I went Miami Vice, Magnum P.I. I would have loved to be <laughs> okay. in. Okay. Dukes of Hazard, and you're The in Incredible it. Hulk. You're in the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. You're right. Uh, I would like to do a Western I'd like to do like a fucking dusty, leathery, long overcoat, shooting a shotgun, riding a horse western. I smell a broken lizard <laughs> movie. We can't, because Chandra Sagar. He'd be the Indian. He's allergic. <laughs> he would be the Indian. He'd be the Indian. We don't let him ride a horse. Oh, right. He get, he's not allowed to ride a horse. He has to run behind us. Yeah. Okay. We name him Squanto. Okay. I don't know if you can do that. Yeah, we can. And I think you're mixing... No, fuck it. We'll you're bring mixing him, races. We'll bring him way. over from... Uh, you know, you know what it is. Well, one of us will be a British person, okay, and we have an Indian valet. Oh, okay, I like it. A and manservant. people don't know the difference. And then maybe he goes native. That's in the plot. Yeah, we dress, we disguise him as a native. He's the only thing right. we got. Right. Oh boy, that'd be great. Okay, a Western. Okay, uh, Stephen Michael. Good God, you bug me, Stephen Michael. At Good God, you bug me. Quick question: Did those poor kids ever get their fucking milkshakes? That's a little question about our last week episode. I told the story. Yes, my kids got their milkshakes. Thank you, Steve Michael. I will say this. Ever since you've told me that story, because the, the word milkshake, 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 it's so inviting. It's such a delicious thing. Like, I know that there's a milkshake in my near future. Yeah. All because of this. And it's fine. I'm fine with it. <laughs> right. A total actor puss. Do it, bro. Okay. Keep firing. Big Red at Red Machine 42. Who's your favorite character from any Broken Lizard movie, and how about your least favorite? Okay. Uh, assuming other character, any character? I, I think I think of yourself. Uh, well, because I was going to say, I loved Freaky Reeky, Stolhansky's character. Oh, I see. Maybe it is any character. In, uh, in Puddle Cruiser. Great, yeah. I also loved uh, Stolhansky's character Guy in The Slam and Yeah, Salmon. great, great. I loved The Champ. Love the, the champ. That one of my. That's one of my favorite characters love of the all champ. time. Loved Coconut Pete. Loved Coconut Pete. Loved Gam Gam. Oh. I loved Gam Gam and I loved Cherry. Oh, Cherry's great. Monique. I loved Grandpa. 
I love Sutherland. We're just sucking our own dicks as we wrote these characters. I love Putman. That's probably why. I do too. Putman's great. I loved Juan. Me too. I loved Fink. Okay, I mean, who didn't you? Is there anyone you didn't like? Any character you didn't like? All of your characters. Yeah, I know. It is funny that when we tested Super Troopers, Farmer was the The lowest rated character. Yeah. Well, you did a good job as being, being an asshole. Being an asshole. Okay. Good Jeff at the Good Jeff writes. When Broken Lizard isn't making movies together, what kind of work do the other guys do? My answer is, who the fuck cares? <laughs> uh, good Jeff also writes. When are you coming back to Baltimore? And I say never. What? We met Jeff in Baltimore. Just kidding. And he came to that show. I, I think I remember him. That rock club that we did. What was the name of that place? Remember that place? I don't remember that place. You don't remember that rock club? No, I mean I remember the place. I don't remember the name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but I'm just kidding. I, we actually had a great time in Baltimore. Yeah. Crab cakes were delicious. Yeah. And, I'd um, be happy to go back to Baltimore. Yeah, in fact, we've only played rock clubs in Baltimore. Do you, do you, do you realize that? The first yeah. time we were there, it was at we were a college there with, or something, right? Huh? That was a, it. Was a college uh, campus? No, well, we did somewhere that somewhere outside of Baltimore. We did that Broken Lizard show also in a bar. Yeah, but it was a college bar. Is what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, and and it, was it was a standing. Like, it was a standing, standing, show. and half open yeah. to the public, not into the. Uh, yeah. Okay, go. If you had a dream project, what would it be? Carte Blanche for budget, director's producer. This is from Alex Garcia Escar. Oh, our friend, Garcia Limon 92. Dream project, what would it be? I mean, I want to do the Greek road. Yeah, that was the, the kind of sword and sandal pick that we wrote. Um, I, I would like to do a TV show. Yeah. Like, just to change things. Like, I, I feel like you, you sit around and you think in two-hour bites. I want to think in, like, five-year bites. Yeah. Like, I want to work on something for five years and see what it's like. Yeah. Because <laughs> we don't do that. We work on things in, in a very finite amount of time. No, I mean, and even, you know, when we did, uh, when we did uh, Fatty and Taddy. Yeah. We had such a good time. I think we had the guys from, we had uh, Adam Devine uh, and we had Anders on our yeah. podcast. And, you know, it's like you realize that they were just, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's great. You're, yeah, you're working, but. You're having fun every single day, and you're writing, and you're, you know... And I get that, you know, at some point you probably get tired of it, but I've never done it before, and I'd like to try it out. Yeah. Um, all right, so this is... Unfortunately, when I cut and pasted, I, uh, I, yeah. I dinged the uh, person that it's from. Okay, I might have it. It is, uh, were there any crazy set pieces that you wanted but couldn't pull off in one of your films? Do you have one? Well, there's a, I mean, there's a couple. Like, um, I do remember, I, while I wasn't pushing for it... Yeah. I, I remember, like... Uh, in Club Dread, we were going to have a scene where like all these arms and legs came falling from the ceiling. Do you remember that? I kind of do. I kind of remember. It was something that. Soder was pitching because he wanted to also then have like the Pointer Sisters. It's raining men. Okay. Oh, this is this is Corey Burns off again. Oh. Okay. Um, but that was that was one that we just couldn't pull off. And the other thing was there was an original finale, like the shoot the 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 big fight in Super Troopers at the end was originally a big shootout. Yeah. And budgetary constraints and time constraints. Meant that we had to change it, right? And uh, and and come up with something comedic, and we wound up coming up with like the diversion with the fuck doll and the you know. And I actually think ultimately that was the way to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was something. But you always have to do that with the low budget stuff. You know what I mean? Like you you, you know, in our first movie we wanted to crash a car, couldn't crash a car. So what do we do? We leaned it up against a telephone pole, jacked it up on one side so it looked like it was all fucking uneven, and then yeah. boom. Throw a sound effect in. Boom. A little Boom. bloody nose. Boom. <laughs> well, I, I know another one of Club Dread was when, uh, which we changed, uh, but the ultimate thing was when Putman had that bad dream and he goes running through the jungle. Yeah. And we were going to have him 
run into uh, any number, whoever cameo we get. It was supposed to be Mick Jagger. The first one was Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger, and, and his and his line was, "Now you're my brown sugar." That's right. Now you're my brown sugar. Yeah. And then it went. And to, they would kiss, and they would kiss. Yeah. And then it went to John Bon Jovi at some point. Remember, there was a point where we were going to get John Bon Jovi. Yeah. And uh, anyway, there are all these people. We we're going to have some big cameo that that. Putman ran into, and then ultimately we couldn't get anybody, and so we rewrote it so that he runs into himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that Jay can play both parts. Yeah. Right? Just and another one of our twin uh, people that asked us yeah. if we have a twin it's fetish. A lot of, lot of fucking twins, man. Yeah. Uh, but, other, you know, it's, it's a bummer because I think, like, <clears throat> we went to all the rock stars who were actors. Like, we went to Phil Collins, we went to David Bowie. <laughs> yes. <you laughs> Mick Jagger was first. We, and we had a line for each of them Brown Sugar was Mick Jagger's. Yeah. Like, oh, my Brown Sugar. I can't remember. Yeah. What the other ones were. Giant bunch of was like some bad medicine or something. Yeah, something. Uh, Daniel at Simply Amazed uh, says, uh, do your families hang out and or travel with you guys? And the answer is not really, right? It's not, it's not a super fun thing for them to do. Our f- like visiting sets or going on the road with a stand-up show or whatever. Yeah, I mean, our, our families certainly hang out with each other. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, the only time that's ever really happened was uh, when I was dating my wife, and she came with us on the Broken Lizard comedy tour. Yeah, right. Okay. And so she was riding around the van with us. Okay. I kind of remember that. Um, yeah, for like a little stretch. Like when we came through Florida, I know like oh, uh, right, 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 the Carolinas. Right, 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 right. I brought my family once to, uh, we did shows in D.C., and they went out there because they'd never been there before, so it was a chance for the kids to see the capital of this great country. Right. And uh, that's it. But they didn't come to the shows. Usually it's an opportunity for Lemmy and I to get away for the weekend and then get fucked up. Eat some steaks, <laughs> drink some beers away from the watchful eyes of that's our right. children who marshal our diets. Who berate us for eating. What is the cu- Big Red at Red Machine 42 asks, what is the current TV show that you'd like to write for? What about the current TV show that you want to act in? It's the same show, Peaky Blinders. Is that really? Right, that really? I just like to talk like this. <laughs> And make and, make, and write a lot of dialogue where which is conducive to say nice things like this, like strawberries and grapes, bananas. But have some <laughs> bananas and some grapes and some apples <laughs> and strawberries. Good. I guess that's a good point. Being you know, like it'd be fun because there's like a scene where you know, like uh, Cillian Murphy is giving a speech, and you can yeah. hear Arthur going speech, speech. <laughs> Spike, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they must have ADR'd that and had a great time with it. Spike, <laughs> all right. Anyway, so Peaky Blinders, I want to write it and I want to act in it. Okay, that's fucking great. Dude. How about you? Uh, I'd go Better Call Saul. Okay, I love that fucking show. Okay. Oh, you went serious. Okay, good. And I would love to uh, be in the fucking writers' room on that. I'd just like to see how they put it together. It is, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's like a we smart had a way uh, to put it together. And we had Spike Ferriston on the other week. Yeah. Talking about Seinfeld and being in those writers' rooms, I mean, it's like, you know, hearing about these guys who create these incredible shows that you love, and then you know, following the process as they come up with their episode ideas and the season arcs is uh, is pretty fascinating to me. So yeah, it would be also a blast to be in Game of Thrones. I mean, don't you think? Oh fuck yeah! I mean, come I mean, on, just think about who you're going to kill. Yeah, what you're fucking. Walking wearing. Dead would be another good one. Walking Dead would be great if you could maybe be a zombie. Yeah. Okay, Josh Gordon, diehard at Cyberdyne. T eight one five. Where will the production officer of Super Troopers to be? To be, I would love to work in the sound department for David. Not gonna fucking tell you, bro. You Sorry. can't tell people where it is. Sorry, bro. <laughs> okay, and along those lines, Matt Taylor says can't reveal that information. Matt Taylor at Red Wing Roofer says, "Would you ever hold a contest for fans to come sit with you? Like, let's say from South Dakota." Uh, the answer is no. 
And then uh, Dick. Corey Miller Fucking at NKO Gonzo asked, would you guys ever do fans podcast? Like, I don't know, one that talks about movies, and the answer is no. Oh, fucking dick. See see that? You don't want me on there. I'm a, fuck, I'm a dick. What a dick. I'm like. a dick. Uh, I would do it. There's, uh, here's an interesting question I thought. Yeah. And this may, maybe this will be my last one. Okay. Uh, Jay Whitfield Gibson at Whitfield Gibson asks, what makes a good stand-up crowd slash venue? Oh, okay. I like that one. Okay. I think it says one of you guys coming to North Carolina at Good Nights. Now, it's interesting because Good Nights is one of the places that my wife, uh, when I said the Carolinas, that was a place oh, we performed right. on Halloween. That's right. That we you know, were run there over Halloween. Right, 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 right. What makes a good stand-up crowd slash venue? Those are two different questions, ultimately. The venue is like there are physical elements that mm-hmm. make it better. It's when the crowd's packed in, low ceilings. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times like basementy type feeling clubs have re- more of that vibe. The reason Kevin is saying that is because there are some clubs with high ceilings and the laughter actually gets lost. Or even if you're like a in like a, an auditorium or something, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, the everything gets goes up to the ceiling and you Yeah, it. and it's it's like when you're in a small place with low ceilings, the laughter is deafening and then it's it's super contagious and so as an audience member you're into it, and you're like, "There's a loud room. I can laugh my ass off," and and you do it. Yeah. And on stage, you're getting so much uh, feedback, so much instant feedback, great feedback that it just makes you perform better. Yeah. Quiet crowds really suck the energy out of they you do. on stage. That's why, from a crowd perspective, it's nice for them to be a little drunk, but not too drunk. Yeah. And a little stoned, but not too stoned. Yeah. Well, too stoned is okay. Too drunk is bad because we've had people who are like. Sure. They're slurring. They're like shouting shit at you, and you're like, now you're just being disrupted. But we do. I mean, I mean, I think people like total. Some people like like just a quiet listening. I like a rowdy. I like a rowdy crowd. I like it rowdy but focused. Yeah. Rowdy but focused. Rowdy but rowdy with me, not yeah. against me. And the other thing you were talking about is is, is a packed house. Um, you know, we've often talked about it. It's. I would rather play for a hundred and one people in a room that seats a hundred. Yeah. Than for 500 people in a room that seats 600. Mm-hmm. Because there's something different about the energy when you're in. 500 that seats 600. You'd take that. I would take you're that. Talking about, you're talking about 500 that seats 2,000. Sure, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, and, and, and the reason for it is like when you're in a packed house. I would take 500 in a 600 seater any day over 100 in a 100 seater. <laughs> you know what, Heffernan? You, really you really know how to burst a man's bubble. But yeah, the, the idea is that. A packed house of any side, size is desirable because, you know, for people in there, the vibes is great. You're in a packed house, the energy's high. If you're in a place and there's a ton of empty seats or a lot of empty seats, it's like, okay, well, they didn't sell the place out. And, you know, there's a lot of empty space there right. where people are not laughing. So, um, Okay. Jeffrey at Super Troopers 42. Super Trooper 42. Look at that. Uh, says, I love the movie Stone Cold. When will we get an audio commentary of the movie from you two? Hashtag chewing at Stone Cold. That's a great idea for like doing a couple episodes, maybe. Or is that like uh, Mystery Science Theater, I guess? Well, I mean, it would be kind of cool to do a commentary and then someone could line it up against Stone Cold. I mean, I wonder if we could do... Ooh, that's a really good idea. You know? that I, 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 I was thinking maybe we were going to have to pull this one off as a, a visual one. Where, like, you know, it's like you can click a link and watch Stone Cold with our commentary. But maybe you just do. But you didn't even hear what I said. I did. That's okay. Link, link. Yeah. W- with movie and uh, and audio. Right. Okay. Good. Oh, you were listening. I was listening. Uh, the and then, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, maybe we just do the podcast, and then you say, okay, link it up, link it up. 
Yeah. Movie starting right now. Go. Beep. You do a two beep. Beep. Yeah. All right, here we go. go. I, I'd do either of those things. It's a great idea. Okay. All good. right. Wait, one last question. This will do it. Okay. James Rasmussen at Dragging Asphalt. Dragging oh. Asphalt. Okay. I was wondering if people called him Rasshole. Rasshole is a great name. Dragging asphalt is interesting, too. We have our buddy Josh Rasmussen, who we call Rasshole. Uh, when is Super Troopers 2? And a uh, follow-up to Beer Fest or any other movies you're making. Anything from you guys is great. Super Troopers 2. People want to know, right? Yeah. Okay. We're growing these mustaches. We cleared the schedule. We're supposed to be shooting Super Troopers 2 within the next month or so, let's say. Right? Let's just say. Let's just say within the next month or so. Let's just say. And then we're going to finish it. It'll be some editing, and then early in 2017, you will see the movie, James Rasmussen. Yeah. I I wrote in the most recent update to our uh, Indiegogo contributors that we had a very, 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 very big announcement coming soon, and I stand by that. There are reasons, however, why we cannot make an official, official announcement of any kind. We're close, though. Kind. But whatever. We're still full steam ahead. Yeah. We're making this movie. We're just not telling you. And we are telling we're, we are telling you without telling you. Uh, follow up to Beer Fest. Yeah, we would love to do that. We are going to consider all that shit once we get the Super Troopers 2 thing behind us. Yeah. Right, because that's the plan. That's the plan. Uh, I appreciate, though, anything from you guys would be great. Uh, I appreciate that. No, we always like to... I mean, it's a hard thing to do to get it up and running. But we're close, super close. So. Yeah, and everybody's uh, pretty motivated now. So uh, We're losing weight and growing mustaches, bro. Yeah. I'm getting in shape. <clears throat> I know. I'm exercising. Um, all right. There you go. There's some questions for the Chew Crew. Chew Crew. You know, I think I think I did this last week. I think I, I ate a milkshake on the way out because we were talking about milkshakes. I'm doing it again. You are? I might have a... I need a real milkshake. I might have one this weekend. I don't know if you should, though, health-wise. No, dude. I mean, it's like... You know what? I, I put a... Because uh, here's, here's the thing. True crew, I'll, I'll let you know this. We wrote in another nude scene for me in, in Super Troopers. And it's not even like a big deal of a nude scene. Sure. But it's full nude. It's enough to get into your head, though. It's enough to say, okay, there's no great, greater motivator uh, you know, for getting in shape than yeah. to have a, have a nude scene. So, sure. Um, you know, I, I, I found a photo of Brad Pitt from uh, Thelma and Louise, and I have it up on my desk now. Six-pack? He's got a super six-pack. Uh, Eight-pack? He's got something like that. It's crazy. My wife was like, you know, he's 23 there, so, like, don't kill yourself. Yeah. And I'm like, get over it. I'm getting there, baby. Do it, bro. Um, okay. Chew Crew, thank you for being you. We'll see you in uh, Foxwoods and in Boston, September 9th and 10th. And uh, that's it. Should we sign off? I've got my milkshake ready. You're going you're gonna to go milkshake on the way out? Yeah, but I'm okay. going to eat it with a spoon. I'm not sucking it. No, I'll go a tub of ice cream, too. You want to know why? Because I can't. There we go. That's the thing. But Kevin. I will. This is our. I don't know if you know this, Kev, or if the two crew knows, but we're not really eating. I know. So you know, what? I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a, a chocolate milkshake with bacon in it. Okay, I'm gonna have a gallon of fucking <laughs> cookies and cream. Ice no, but cream. see, that's not healthy. That's not healthy. But I'm not really. That's doing binge it. eating. I'm not really doing it. Okay, okay. I'm just chewing. But it. just the attitude worries me, Kev. Well, you're the one who just said you have a milkshake with bacon in What's it. What's wrong with that? Just a milkshake with a few pieces of bacon. I'm using the bacon <laughs> a spoon. The but you're talking about a gallon, like something I unhealthy. Know. I'm just saying what I what I'm not going to eat. That's I didn't say I was going to like you know take out a milkshake and fuck the cup. Okay, neither did I. Love you, bro. All right, love you. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Chew Crew. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com.